On today's episode of Watch Time, we're going to be talking with Jim Cermak, host of Trade Show University Podcast, to discuss how you can start taking your events virtual. Stick around. You're listening to Watch Time, supercharged video marketing tips for the savvy small business owner and the modern mid-market professional. With Flex Media's Kathy Zip and Bill Barona. Welcome back to Watch Time. I'm Bill Barona. And I'm Kathy Zip. As many of you know, ever since COVID-19 hit, most events were canceled for this year. However, what if you want to have your event and still want to engage with your customers, prospects, and peers? Event cancellations across the world have hurt companies' sales and put some out of business. That's right, Bill. You know, even for us at Flex Media, some of the jobs we were doing last year involved recording presentations at local trade shows and conferences in Cleveland. Uh, We created promotional videos that some of our clients wanted to take to the event and use in their booth. And then even recap videos for some of the events to get the attention of attendees for next year. So, you know, we've been impacted by this and I just can't imagine how COVID has impacted, you know, a company that runs or, or participates in the conferences themselves and, and um, you know, industries that really rely on these shows. Yeah, that's very true, Kathy. And one thing that I think is unique about the, you know, year 2020 and the pandemic we're having versus even past pandemics that they've had, like during the Spanish flu and that, is that today's technology is really giving companies options. As a video marketing company, we've had clients reach out to us and ask how they can use this technology to take their event online. We've often suggested web streaming uh, events to clients in the past. It's a great way for clients to reach an audience that may not have been able to attend their events in person. Others have asked about taking larger events like trade shows online. Streaming an event is always an option, but handling multiple participants, maybe breakout sessions, maybe virtual booths if you're doing a trade show, And all of that may require more of a robust option. Yeah, so that's why I'm really excited today. We have a guest that's going to help address this topic for our listeners. Uh, Today, we are joined by Jim Cermak. He is the host of Trade Show University podcast to discuss how you can really take your events virtually in a successful way. So hi, Jim. Thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for inviting me. I am Always excited to be able to talk about trade shows and events. Yes. Yay. (laughs) I know this has definitely been a trending topic. I know we've gotten so many questions on it. I'm sure you with your podcast, you probably have gotten tons of questions and, um, you know, with your expertise, have probably thought of many ways on how you can tackle this topic. But before we jump into the questions we have and maybe what we want to get our um, listeners, um, the information we want to get to them, can you maybe tell us a little bit about... um, your background and how you got into trade shows and how you started your podcast. Sure, absolutely. I uh, man, think of, thinking back, I haven't thought about uh, how I started in trade shows, but I, I've I've been in marketing for oh my gosh, over thirty years, and which is crazy to think about. Is uh, <laughs> well, I don't even want to think about how old I am. But anyway, <laughs> I've been in marketing for a long, long time. One of my first jobs out of college was with Fannie Farmer Candy Company. And I don't know if you remember Fannie Farmer. I don't know if you're old enough to remember. Mm-hmm. They had stores all over the country. Um, and uh, Fannie Farmer, if you're probably familiar with Harry London uh, Candies. They're based here out of, I think, Canton. Uh, eventually, Fannie Farmer was bought a couple times, and now they, they got folded into the Harry London. But they, they had uh, big stores all over the country. And, in fact, they had a big one at uh, Tower City. It was one of their... Uh, downtown Cleveland, one of their uh, uh, 
premier showcase stores they made fudge right in the store they they dipped chocolate right in the store it was just a great place to be anyway uh, getting to the trade show one of my very first shows ever going to was the philadelphia candy show and the philadelphia candy show is a mammoth show and it's all candy and confections and treats and and here i am in my early 20s walking around and i'm like wait there's like samples at every booth and I could eat candy all day. Okay, sure. That sounds until amazing. <laughs> until a couple hours in and you're like, uh, I really need something salty <laughs> at this point. <laughs> but but that, I just felt the energy at, at the shows and just seeing all the different competitors bringing their best of their best and, and just the, the lighting and everything, how the, the products were displayed and the literature and people how they were also excited about talk about their stuff and who's not excited about talking about candy but but then I started then I got into manufacturing and I got into consulting and and it was the same kind of energy and I, I really fell in love with the whole the whole uh essence of trade shows and what they bring and and the opportunities not only for uh, exhibitors but for attendees as well they're just so efficient to be able to uh take a look at all of the different offerings and have competitors side by side by side that you could take a look at if you're looking to make a purchase. And for an exhibitor, obviously, you've got your target audience walking in front of you, your nose for, for a day or two or three or five or whatever it is. So that's a long answer to how I got, to, how I got started <laughs> in trade shows. Um, and so, uh, but uh, moving forward, I've just, I started the podcast last year. So it's, uh, it's going on like nine months that I started the podcast. And the reason I started is because I started going to trade shows uh, in a whole different field than I was in. And I was going as an attendee and in a brand new field. And I'm walking up and down these aisles and, and nobody was helping me to get the information I needed because I didn't know what I needed. I was just looking and I'm reading the booths and I'm going from booth to booth and I'm trying to figure out and no one was helping me. So I'm like, these companies are leaving money on the table. Mm -hmm. So I, I figured, let me put my knowledge into the form of a podcast that I can get out there that is just straight value that people can listen. They can listen to one episode about, uh, about goal setting and they can listen to another, uh, another episode about uh, training your staff. They can listen to another episode about using promotional products in your, your booth. So to, if you can, and if you can make little incremental changes and make things better in your booth, then you can get just tremendously better results. So that's why I started just to help, help companies make more of their huge investment in shows. I think that's an awesome reason like to start doing that and actually bring that information to them because I so I'm sure Kathy can probably speak to this greater than I can because I know she's been to more trade shows but what I think is interesting about what you're saying is I've been to a probably a couple different trade shows like my first trade show was the um, National Association of Broadcasters convention out in Las Vegas and I feel like that kind of set a precedence for me going forward to any other trade shows and I've been to some trade shows locally here in Cleveland and then some even like you know, close by, like in Pittsburgh and um, even down in Columbus. And I feel like what you're talking about, it there is a big difference, I've noticed, like where some people are like very, not even just helpful, but you do have a lot of helpful people. You have a lot of direction to how the day is going to go. And then you go to somewhere, it's kind of like more of just the exhibit hall. And, you know, there's maybe a speaker and you 
and you sometimes you might even miss the speaker if you're not paying attention to the schedule. So I think that that's great that you know you're offering that advice. I, I agree. You know, I, I think it's great to really sit down and, and you know develop a, a trade show strategy, which it sounds like you know you're really helping people make the most of their money. Like you said, you know, make every dollar count um, because it is an expense. You know, to to attend these trade shows. Um, like Bill said, I, I used to go to a lot as a trade publishing editor. They were mostly in the renewable energy industry. And so that was really neat to be able to walk the floor. And, you know, I, I can't, I can't imagine not having the, the blisters on your feet and the smell, <laughs> the smell of the French fries and the fast food. And, and those first few, you, you, you know, you finally see a couple people cracking beers open and you're like, oh, I know I'm getting close to the end of my day here. And you're waiting for that happy hour. Um, and then, you know, it's all worth it in the end. So, you know, that's, that's what I think of when I think about trade shows and, you know, Unfortunately, now due to COVID, you know, we're really limited in, in be, about being in person. And so, you know, like Bill said, luckily we're in a time where we have so many, you know, technology options. But I think that a lot of people, you know, might be hesitant and not really just know where to start. Like I know the, the first question that we get a lot is, you know, what platform do I use? I know there's Zoom and Facebook Live, and, and some people are getting familiar with that just with having meetings virtually. Um, but, you know, are, are those good platforms to use for, for virtual events or are there, you know, other options that maybe provide more capabilities? Yeah, great question. Great question. Yeah. You know, it, it really depends on what are your goals? What are your goals and who is your audience? What are you trying to accomplish with your event? I mean, if you're if you are a trade show organizer, like you know the the NAB show, the National Associated Broadcasting show, that's a huge national, might be a multinational show, um, but that is huge. Tons of exhibitors, breakout sessions, keynote speeches, and it's just it's huge, huge. So they're not going to turn to Zoom. <laughs> They're not going to turn to Zoom for their platform uh, because it's just what they want to accomplish is just so much more. But for a small business, maybe is uh, if we start if we start there, a small business that is looking to, you know, they maybe their show got shut out and maybe they're not doing their show is not doing a virtual event, but they still want to get that out there in front of their audience. You know, maybe Zoom or Facebook Live would be a great way for them just to get out and showcase, get their message out, do something to reach out to your audience and get in front of them in a meaningful way where you could still make a connection. And so that, for, for that, it might be a good platform. Now, if you're a uh, maybe a smaller uh, organization that you have a, a local or a, an annual event or even a, you know, a monthly event or something like that, like maybe like a chamber of commerce or a smaller, smaller regional association, and you want to get your members together and let them exhibit like you have in the past, then Zoom might have some functionality. It's, it's definitely they're growing their functionality. Uh, and so they because they now can do breakout sessions on Zoom and things like that. Uh, but if you really want to do something successful, then you've got to bounce out to a more robust platform. And there are new ones coming online all the time. I just looked at a brand new one the other night, and it was it was really, really cool where it, it, it combined uh, real video, real audio, not audio, I'm sorry, real video, real pictures, and allowed you to walk through 
a, a trade show space or an event space. So it was it was really, really cool. Uh, and then there's some that have a lot of 3D. There's some that have uh, built-in avatars. So you can actually engage kind of physically, you know, uh, be able to one-on-one -on -one converse with another avatar from another company. Uh, there's so many... Uh, so many features that are now available because technology continues to evolve and everyone's working on this right now. You know, you go back six, eight months, there were a few companies working on virtual events, but now everyone's working on virtual events because we don't know how long this is going to last. So uh, it's a, it's a, it's not a great answer to your question, but you know, I would say, you know, start with what is it you're trying to accomplish? How many people, exhibitors, attendees are you going to have involved in your event and then start doing some research to see what uh what are the options that are available you know do you need a virtual lobby do you need something that's like a, a crm system built in that will manage your attendees do you need something that will manage sponsors because hey why not make money from this okay <laughs> you know if you're if you had sponsors in the past let's do it again and maybe you can make it even more effective and even more profitable for yourself so there's a lot of things that you need to consider but uh, yeah get out there and just uh, do do your research there's so many really really cool platforms out there um i don't know you know if you're uh, opposed to, to naming some specific ones but um you know i don't know if you can name like maybe three or something and and maybe different uh features that you like of each sure sure i'll, I'll give it a give it a shot because i haven't had a ton of experience with each one but there are a couple that really stand out to me uh, there's one that's called excel events and I, it's A-C-C-E-L-E-V-E-N-T-S. Um, and they, this one runs like a real trade show. I, they have everything that you, you imagine that you start at the lobby, you go through registration. There's lead capturing capabilities. They, they take care of the attendee management. There's so much more that's, that's involved. From a, uh, uh, from a visual standpoint, it's pretty cool. Um, but it's uh, it's really from the way a trade show runs, that is how that's how this goes. And and when I say I, since I'm really at trade shows, I'm think I think more trade trade shows and big events. Uh, so if if you're thinking smaller events or, or personal events, that's that's not where I'm going right now. But I'm thinking I'm thinking more trade shows, um, and uh, two others that are more visual that have the 3D, that have the avatars built in. There's one called Hexafair and another one called VFairs. Both of them are really, really good. They're both very well rated. Uh, so it, that, those are some things to check out. And again, it's what are you trying to accomplish? Uh, but at the end of the day, it's you can have the best platform in the world, but you got to get people to show up. And you right. got to get you have to get a, exhibitors excited that they want to exhibit with you. So uh, at the end of the day, but but there's some really, really amazing platforms. Those three are there. Those are three of the best ones that are out there right now. Those are some awesome recommendations. And, you know, like you said, you know, we've got to get people there. And those are some things I actually, you know, we can touch on um, in, in this conversation as well. But just I don't know if you're able to give maybe like a ballpark. Like I, I know it might vary a lot with the different platforms with costs, you know, but what, what would be like, you know, a range that people maybe can expect to spend on, you know, a trade show um, software or platform? I don't know if you can speak to that at all. 
Uh, I don't have a ton of experience with a okay. specific uh, specific costs, but I do know a couple of them are based a couple different ways. So one of is if you're holding a free event, but you want to use that platform, that they charge you a per attendee rate. So say you have 500 attendees, maybe they're charging you $2 per attendee to use the platform. So you have to just multiply it out by, by that. Uh, other ones, if you're charging for, for attendees, then they take a percentage of your ticket, uh, ticket uh, intake. Uh, and so that is another way that they do it. And other ones, I think, are flat rate if you're not charging and don't uh, tie to uh, ticket sales at all. So, it, and I think you're going to find budgets across the spectrum. So if you are a big name, if you if you're like a um, an Apple or a uh, Sony or one of these big tech companies, or if you're a huge trade show exhibitor or a trade show organizer, you're going to look at some platforms that may be in the five uh, x multiples of all of that as well to to put together the the experience that your attendees are used to uh, that kind of that wow factor. Uh, but you're going to be paying for that. You're going to be paying for it. I think that uh, one thing, too, maybe we can even touch on just thinking about, I know we're talking about some of these larger um, platforms, and we appreciate your recommendation just for like people to like start to check it out, because I feel like that's some of the questions we get a lot is, where do they even start? But I think going back to your original point about, you know, what do you need, and just understanding like what the plan is going to be and picking it from there, um, are there good ways, like maybe let's say you hold a one-day event, um, are there good ways to maybe downsize that, like maybe hold a half day event? And if so, um, I know, you know, we've kind of touched on zoom, but like, you know, is it something that maybe you can hold, you know, this as a Facebook live event so everyone can come see it? Um, do you have any strategies maybe for a company that's maybe debating like, Hey, should we just make this a half a day Facebook live so everyone can attend? Or, you know, maybe we'll just stick it, you know, on zoom, or maybe we'll just end up you know, finding, recording it and then sending it out to people. So do you have any strategies in terms of, you know, maybe how they could market that or how they can come to that decision? Yeah, that's a great, another great question. Man, you guys are zinging some good questions. I appreciate <laughs> it. Uh, that is, I want you to think about this. Okay. When we're, when we are just uh, perusing the internet and we go to see a video, we are more likely to watch a shorter video than a longer video. Okay. We're, we're more likely also, if we've ever done training online, we're more likely to stay engaged if it's short, you know, short videos followed by some, maybe a quiz or something like that. Think about that. If you've had, if you in the past say you've held a full day event, I would strongly encourage you to condense that into something shorter. Uh, every one of your attendees is most likely at home. And what else is at home? Kids are at home. Pets are at home. <laughs> your cell phone is in front of you. So you, you're not, it's not like being at, a, at when you're sitting watching a keynote speech or in a breakout session where you're at a maybe a round table with some other attendees and you're watching a, a presenter where they've got your attention. You're there just to see them. Online, you're there to see that presenter, but there's so many other things that happen. You could be staring at that screen, but all of a sudden your email notification comes up in the corner and all, and it's that email that you've been waiting for, or all of a sudden your boss is like, 
hey, can you can you drop down to my office or can you give me a call? And it's like, what are you going to do? You know, so we, we tend to do that. So keeping things shorter so that you can engage better and keep people's attention, I think, is going to be the best way to to, to have your a good to have a successful event. Because at the end of the day, you don't want to see your numbers start strong and then dwindle to zero uh, over the course of a day. You want to make sure they start strong and that they stay strong. And so uh, definitely keep it shorter. Uh, ask, find out what your customers are, are looking for. You know, uh, build your event around what they really want, not just what you want to tell them, but what are they looking for? So this would be a couple of things that I would say is, yeah, definitely you know, don't, if you're used to that full day event, start out with a, a half day event or even a couple hour event. And guess what? Because of virtual, you could do another one next month. So if it was, if you just rocked and you got great results from that two hour event, then do another one next month on a different topic or make it a little longer and, and, uh, and use polling during your, during your events. How did people, how are they uh, getting the information from this? Are they, they loving it? Are they, are they bored? Are they, you know, are they tuning out? What is it that they want to know? And the more, you know, your customer, the better your event's going to be. So one thing that I'm just thinking about as you're kind of talking about maybe condensing this and, and trying to hold that attention, I'm thinking about um, networking, breakout sessions. I know those were some things you kind of mentioned earlier. And um, as far as capabilities go, I know Zoom, and I'm sure that people know Zoom as a way you can kind of make a breakout room. Um, are, is there any strategy maybe behind that? Should that be something maybe you've never had breakout rooms in the past? It was just one of those events where you showed up, there were speakers, maybe there was some light networking in the morning. But is that kind of a nice way to get people engaged to like do some type of networking or breakout session? And if so, is there like an ideal way to position that in your schedule, maybe to try and get more people in, you know, engaged and getting involved? Oh, man, I, I would say that there's a couple things that you can do. I would say if you're presenting, if you're presenting a to on a topic, I'd build in some breakouts in the middle of your talk. So. You could be talking maybe that after the first third or first quarter of your of your talk and you bring up a topic and say, I'd like to know what what everyone else is thinking. Uh, why don't we I'm going to put you all into little breakout sessions and Zoom has this capability. A lot of them have this capability to throw your event, your attendees into a small room of maybe five, six. I think you can actually choose how many people go into a room, give them a question to, to discuss and say, in three minutes, I'm going to bring you back. Okay, and then I want to see in the chat, I want to see your favorite responses. So you keep the energy up, you keep people engaged, because they don't know when that's going to happen next. So you, you kind of build those into the talks. And then also, I would definitely have networking as part of this, because one of the biggest part of people when they go to events, you're a small business or even a mid-sized business, doesn't matter. You're in business. You want to connect with other business people. You want to see where are my resources coming from next? Where can I help out as well? So give people as, yeah, I would say build in, uh, you know, some formalized networking, but in your presentations, make that networking happen and make it fun. And if you give people a really short time, you got three minutes and then I'm bringing you back the, the, 
no one's going to sit and stammer on and on. No one's going to get bored because, you know, you got five people, you got to get around. So each person has like 30 seconds to talk and then we're being brought back. So, uh, so I would, I would definitely say that. And yeah, networking is such an important part and you've got to make this part of your events. I'd be curious too, to see like, cause I, I think that that's interesting what you're saying, like getting people engaged that way. And I'd be curious to see after, um, this year, maybe they'll have stats and I don't know if you've, if you've heard any stats or anything or, or seen any, like, um, anything on this, but like, I feel like people, when they go to trade shows or they go to, um, you know, a conference or even just a, like one event, like somebody's speaking, it's hard to get the audience engaged. You try to get them engaged and you have those speakers that are like, they'll just start randomly calling on people because they know I'm not going to take hands because nobody will raise their hand. You know, nobody wants to be that person, but I'm curious if, with people sitting at home behind their screen, behind their keyboard, you know, in their element, if there's more engagement because people kind of feel a little more comfortable and a little more relaxed. And I, I'm just curious what the stats will look like for that. And I don't know if you've heard anything about that, if there has been more engagement or anything, and it might even be too early to tell, but I'm just curious to see where that's going to go. Yeah, I, I am as well. I am as well. I don't know of any stats right now, but I know that I've been to a lot of webinars where there is a live chat and it, a lot of it depends on the presenter. If the presenter is in, is really asking for people, you know, and if you've been to any of these, you might say, yeah, whoever's with me, drop a yes in the chat, <laughs> you know, and yeah. obviously you see all these yeses flying up the chat. And the more, the more the, the presenter does that, the more you will see people starting to type in questions and they'll start typing in their own comments. And, and then if it's a smaller group uh, and they've had maybe a chance to introduce each other or something like that you'll start to see little networking going on people reaching out uh, bob that was a great question i want to meet up with you or i want to talk to you after this or you know things like that will, will happen but if it's the person just goes right through their presentation and doesn't ask for engagement you're not going to get much one thing I, I i'd like to mention to you and i think this is kind of cool and this is i mean it's on topic but it's not really necessarily an educational thing but like when all of this kind of started um, I went to a um, a webinar and it was on Webinar Jam and uh, uh, one guy that I follow, he's an influencer in the video space. He's in another country and um, he, you know, this was kind of happening at our nighttime for us, I guess daytime for him. And we were um, going to, like I was going to this thing and I was kind of interested, like I just signed up because I thought it'd be a cool two hour class. And um, there's only six of us in the class. And what he did was... Oh. He was like, hey, you know, drop your name and where you're at and where you're from. And so, you know, I said, you know, Bill from Cleveland, Ohio. And um, because of that, I, I got a chance. I would normally I'm one of those people like I'll ask a question, but I don't want to be the guy who's asking all the questions. And I probably gave him about three or four questions. Nobody else was asking questions in that small group. And um, I think it was because of that, like to this day, like I'll engage with him on social media and he knows my name. He knows who I am. And I feel like it was that experience. And I think if I had been at like some large, he talks at a lot of larger conferences, like social media marketing world or something like that. I don't know if I would have had that opportunity to engage with him in the way that I did on this little six person event. So I think that that's kind of some uh, interesting power of virtual events. It is. And you make an excellent point, Bill, because it's all about the engagement. It's all about the engagement. You reached out and you, you put those questions out and that's what, as a presenter, 
And as a podcaster, I love getting questions. I love when people drop me emails or they get on Facebook and they, they DM me and I will, and then I can get into a conversation with somebody one-on-one -on -one about what they're struggling with or whatever their question is. I love that. And, and that is the one thing that, that events are missing right now because people are still trying to figure out how do we do these events? You know, that's why we're talking today. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and and where do our best opportunities come is from other people. And the, a lot of these events don't have that interaction. And, and just a bunch of uh, comments going up uh, a chat is great, but that's not interaction. That's me interacting maybe with a little bit with the speaker, but not with the other people that are actually in the virtual room. Uh, and so we need to do whatever we can to, as an attendee, we need to reach out. We need to make that engagement happen if it's not happening and the other way around. No, I think that's great advice. I think that that's one thing that I think people should start to feel more comfortable and maybe start engaging a little bit more. And I think I almost think sometimes some of these smaller events I've been to have been a little bit greater because, you know, you have more interaction with the speaker because they can only interact. I have been to some on the other side of that where, like you're saying, like, come to my free webinar and there's like 300 people and we're all throwing questions in there. And first of all, like, it's it's that thing where you're like, I don't know if this is really live or if this is pre-recorded. like, and they're just like answering questions like in the chat, um, which is fine. But, <laughs> you know, it's still it's like, how do you answer all like 300 people are firing questions at you? It's hard to have a personal connection or interact with anybody. But um, oh, it's so it's so true. I was I was at one and there were thousands of people on it was uh, one that was done by Tony Robbins. And of course, you know, Tony <laughs> Robbins is one of the mo biggest uh, names in self-help and motivation and stuff. And there were literally thousands of people in the chat. You couldn't even read it. It looked like it was scrolling so fast that it's like it's I, I just stopped even looking at it because <laughs> I was getting dizzy just watching it. But uh, yeah like you said, those smaller events can really, really be powerful and be really effective in helping people network and get what they need out of the event. I do have two more questions for you on this topic, uh, or at least on this whole um, part of like actually um, working on a smaller event. And maybe this also applies to some larger events. And um, just your, your take on this is, should you think of scheduling a different way? I know we've talked about condensing the event, but should it be scheduled differently? Should it be more on schedule? Should you allow more time um, to give people more time to get up and walk away from their computer? And then also, are there any technical considerations that people might want to just think about when they're hosting a virtual event? Uh, technical is uh, it's a great question. Obviously, bandwidth and your internet connection, you have to make that into consideration, especially if you're going to be doing what you, what you guys know all so well, doing video can suck up a lot of bandwidth and, and you want to make sure you have, you take that into account so that you're not freezing people's screens. You're not, uh, you know, get, getting people, you know, getting pixelated and all that good stuff. So that is definitely something to, uh, to uh, be considered about. Um, and as far as scheduling, I, you, you want to give people a break. If, if you're giving, if you're having a four hour event, you don't want to jam it pack. You know, you want to make sure that you give people something to look forward to. Okay. After this, I can get up and I, you know, we've got a 15 minute break or a 10 minute break or whatever it is to let people get up and, and move around. And there's some things you could do with that. I've, I've been at some events, online events where 
you get uh, they actually shut down the feed at that time and you have to log back in in 15 minutes and then i've been in others with it, it stays up and they actually make it interactive so they'll do quizzes they'll even do they might have some entertainment they have one where a guy did magic tricks during the break and that was a sponsored <laughs> break so yeah it was really really cool so so you could do things that if people are sitting there keep them engaged keep them entertained uh, and and uh, have them wanting to come back for that next uh, that next scheduled part of the event. Those are some awesome tips. And and so now I kind of want to you know go back to where where we had mentioned before about you know now you you have the event you know somewhat planned out. Um, what do you do to um, you know, to make sure that people come. I mean, I know that that's the thing, even with physical trade shows, you hope people are going to sign up and everything and come. But, um, you know, we were talking earlier that there, you know, people have more distractions at home and it's easy to just, you know, for, say, oh, I'm not going to log on. I have too many emails in front of me. I have too much work to do. So what are some ways, you know, that you can advertise an event like this? Um, it would be similar to the in-person events and, and um, you know, how do you handle pricing and, and everything on that end? Wow. The pricing, that's a, that's a whole nother topic. Uh, but uh, let, let's, let's talk about how do you get people there? Because that is the big, that's the biggest concern right now with the people holding these virtual events is that you don't know. I mean, in the past, you may have had 500 people coming to your event. Uh, if you have this annual event or, or whatever it might be. And, can you get 500 there or maybe you can get a thousand in there because now you have a, a wider reach people that weren't able to travel before now can make it or maybe more members of their staff can come that they weren't able to before so there's there's things like that but how do you get them there i'm sure everyone listening can definitely uh, appreciate and relate to the fact that we get a lot of emails. I probably get invitations to one or two webinars every single day, different webinars, and all of them sound fantastic. And I know I can't go to all of them. And there's some that I sign up for that I don't go to and some I sign up for I do go to. And uh, the thing is with when you are at home and there are some other distractions, sometimes we just forget about them. We or something, you know, something comes up and we miss it. But how do you get it? What is the what's the magic, the secret bullet? What is it that that can get people to your event? So the one thing I want you to think about is, you know, all of these communications right now are just coming via email or you're seeing uh, web banners or you know, you're, they're sending people to your website. But nobody is following up physically. So, but what I mean by that is this, I, I just, uh, I was supposed to go to a large conference in Las Vegas this summer, and it was going to be a four-day conference, huge conference, and because of COVID, they postponed it to 2021, and so I'm going to go to that one, but what they said is, we're going to also do a virtual event this year, so you can get a lot of the same workout, uh, uh, workshops, breakouts, all that stuff, and they started sending all the reminders via email. And most of them were going into my spam folder, which I didn't find out until too late. And so I missed a good chunk of it. Uh, so it didn't even have any opportunity. Now, if I would have gotten in the mail a physical program, that would have reminded me that, hey, 
don't forget <laughs> this is coming up because I, I love that that aspect. Plus, it would stick out because we don't get mail like we used to. So in, in the past, it was different. It was completely flipped around. Now it's different. So what can you do physically? Can you send somebody your invitation or uh, send them a, a giveaway item with the show's logo on it in a bubble mailer and it arrives and now, now they're excited? You know, and maybe there's some questions that you can ask them to get them get them involved, and you send them that day, so they they know. Oh, at two o'clock, I got to be on for that one speaker. Oh, I can't wait to to hear what he's got to say, and so I think adding some physical elements into it that you can mail would be a way to stand out and get people more excited about it. And also, I I think. Since it's virtual, a lot of companies are just tending to go toward free events. And if it's free, it's too easy to blow off. So I'm not saying that you need to charge what you charged in the past if you charged you know, $900 to come to your event, but maybe you charge just a little amount, just something that's a no-brainer, but it's enough to get people to want it to attend. So maybe $29. It, it, covers some of your costs, but more importantly, it, uh, it, it helps people to have enough skin in the game that they want to attend. And you don't even have to keep all the money. You could say every dollar that's coming in, we're giving to XYZ charity. So you can, you can make it fun. You can make it uh, engaging and, and put a cause attached to it uh, so that people really want to attend. So that, that is one of the things. And of course, marketing, you got to market the heck out of it. <laughs> if you want people there, you got to bust through the clutter somehow. And that's why I say, if you get that physical, you're doing stuff that nobody else is doing. So, you know, what's funny though, about what you're saying, uh, Jim, just thinking about this, cause like Kathy and I went to uh, content marketing world last year and we, uh, we went for like one day and, um, we we're actually there doing some work and we got these bags just for going as vendors with tons and tons and tons of free giveaway items. And then the, some of the people we were recording for, they had like happy hour events and we went to those and they gave us more free stuff. And it's like what you're saying, like just with the physical reminders, like it's like you spend all of this money originally on all the stuff that you're giving away. Like why not just mail it to somebody? And if it's one <laughs> thing, like you could save all the money and all the things, pick one thing and mail it to them. So that's a good point. That's Absolutely. And think about that. Uh, and why not? If you're going to have an event, why not have a swag bag and that you can mail that to someone or you could even do a digital swag bag, have door prizes where you're giving away Amazon gift cards or e-gift cards or or have uh, uh, have each of your exhibitors give one thing uh, that you can give out. Maybe it's a, uh, a downloadable white paper or a research report or a tip list or something like that. There's a lot of things you could do to, again, uh, encourage people to attend and maybe say, you got you to be here all the way through and then you, you qualify for this. So maybe you do a special drawing at the end or you know, anyone who is, we're going to have three checkpoints during the day. You don't know when they're going to be, but if you're there at all three checkpoints, we will, uh, you'll get your name put in a drawing and we're giving away a, a, the grand prize or something like that. So there's, there's other tips. Uh, other tricks that you can get people in, involved and keep them engaged throughout the day. I love that. I, I love, you know, making it fun, combining, you know, the digital aspects with the physical mailing aspects. You can really, really make people feel, you know, good about attending the event, like they did something positive and they had some fun. I guess the last question I have about, you know, 
planning an event like this is how, how does sponsorship go? I know with other events, sponsorships are usually huge, you know, like a huge part of supporting the event. So even if your costs are, you know, minimal, um, you know, can you, can you still get sponsors for your event or like, does it work differently with the virtual event? It would work very similar. It's just probably scaled back. So if, you know, if you held an event before and you had someone sponsor a lunch and that was $5,000 because you're buying lunch for all the attendees, maybe it's not that much. Maybe you're sponsoring a break for $500 or something, but they could still get the, a similar exposure that they had before, but it's just done in a different way or have fun with it. Maybe they do still sponsor lunch and everyone gets a uh, Uber Eats gift card and they can buy their own lunch and you, you have a seminar during lunch. So there's a lot of fun things you could do. Uh, and, and sponsorship is, is one of them. And why not have sponsor, you know, what is the one thing we get at every single trade show? We get a lanyard, right? With our name badge. Why not have someone sponsor a lanyard and you mail it out and, Tell people to wear it during the uh, during the event, and maybe maybe give prize to you know if if you're wearing it that you you get points, and then we're going to give away prizes because you wore this or, you know, again make it fun, make it think about a trade show, and how or an event and how have you done those in the past? What has worked? What gets people excited? And how can you do those digitally? It might be looking a little bit different, but get creative with it and do some fun things. There's nothing saying that these things, just because you're across from a screen, you can't have a blast doing it. I love that. I, I love how creative you're getting with it. I think, <laughs> I think you're really, you know, pushing people to, to work outside of the box. That's my goal. That's my goal. You got to keep it fun. You got to keep it interactive. Like I said, you know, it is when you, when you leave a, an event and you leave a show, you remember the in-depth conversations you've had. You remember those connections you made that you're like, Oh, I can't wait to get back to this guy because they showed that one product and I can't wait to get my sample. I can't wait to get our demo. I can't, you know, or this guy had a, a real great solution or we connected. I met that guy at lunch and we had that great connection. So try to do whatever you can to make those connections happen. No, I think that this has been very valuable. And I feel like what you were just talking about, like, that's kind of how excited I am right now, because now when we have clients asking us, like, well, what can we do? Like, now we have some things that we can share with them, but then we can also send them to your podcast, you know, as a resource for them and being able to get more information on this, because there are a lot of ways that you've mentioned that I never would have thought about, like, how to get people engaged, or even like you were talking about the virtual swag bag. Um, or even scheduling um, the breakout sessions, just doing three-minute breakouts or five-minute breakouts. I think that's all like great advice, and it, it gets people engaged. It's kind of like, you know, we we as video uh, producers and video marketers, we all of our clients are like, how can we get a video up on our website that gets people engaged and you know gets the information across to them? And this is kind of like, in my opinion, like the best case scenario. Like this is what they want their video to do, but it's actually interactive and you can actually get your questions answered. You can actually, you know, be part of the discussion instead of like trying to make them feel like they're part of the discussion, you know, by trying to target your market and try or get your ideal customer and your target market and get that message out to them. So I think this has been really insightful, just in my opinion, everything you've been sharing with us. 
Oh, this has been a blast. I, I love, of course, I love talking about trade shows and uh, events, uh, but, uh, you know, talking with you guys, uh, it, the expertise that you bring from the video side, I know it's all about engagement. It's all about creating that message. And, uh, you know, they said a picture says a thousand words, a video says a million. You know, it's just allows you to say so much more. Uh, and, and we just get pulled in to the right video and you guys do it so well. Well, thank you. We really appreciate that. And we really appreciate you sharing everything that you have with us. I do have a couple questions for you, just that's really not so much on the trade show um, and the event specific, but more of like kind of flipping the roles. So everyone listening, you know, they might be thinking, well, that's great, but we are not really planning any virtual events or, you know, we're not really planning any trade shows or anything like that. But can you speak a little bit maybe to the listeners that are maybe thinking about attending this either as like just a regular attendee or maybe even as an exhibitor? Like what are some considerations they may want to, you know, um, think about prior to attending their virtual event or, you know, someone else's virtual event or even like exhibiting at that event? Yeah, great, great question. So, okay, everybody who's listening, you're an attendee, you've been to events before, you know what they're like what how do you, why do you get the most out of them because you're not in your office you're not sitting in front of a screen you are at an event so you don't have all the distractions you don't have uh, a million things going on you're there you're focused on the event if you're going to a breakout session you're going to a workshop you're going to a keynote you're there you've got your notebook out or you're you've got your uh, your laptop open you're ready to tape take notes and that is the same kind of attitude you've got to take when you go to one of these events. Shut down all of your distractions. Turn your phone off or put it in another room or something so you don't hear it buzzing or, or going off. Uh, close the door so your kids don't run in, your dog doesn't run in, anything like that. And give yourself the permission to pay attention to that event and get out of it what you should get out of it. Get out of it the same as you got out of it be, uh, in, when you've gone in the past. Or if it's a brand new event and you know that uh, I want to see this keynote speaker or I these two breakout sessions or these workshops, I know are just going to be so valuable. Make them valuable. Don't miss half of it because all of a sudden you're, uh, you're, you're answering emails and, oh, shoot, I, what did that guy say? And now you missed it. So don't do that. Shut off the distractions and get excited about it. Make it like you're there at the event and be all in be all in you know to go to the ones that you know obviously we've got a million choices right now to do to do virtual events pick the ones that are going to be the the most engaging for you the ones that are going to bring the most value to you and be all in uh, so that that's the best advice i can give and and engage while you're there like bill said ask questions in the chat if you have that opportunity, I was at one where it was a it was a big deal. The guy was a, a big speaker and people were asking questions in the chat and he brought someone on live with him. It was uh, where he was able to have that person put on their their camera. He brought him on and he was asking him questions, you know, talking questions, you know, wasn't chatting back and forth. It was and it was awesome seeing this guy get a little starstruck and oh, I wasn't expecting this, but he gave a great question in the chat. So ask ask your questions to especially if you if you're there in front of an expert who's giving a talk ask your questions and get engaged network as best as you can you never know when that next uh, big contact is going to uh, appear to you and it's not going to happen if you're just sitting there doing nothing but watching you got to get in engaged and have fun with it 
just have fun with it, but, but really go there with a purpose, just like you were at, at a conference, at a trade show, be there, get ready to take notes, be there and get ready to ask questions. And that's even a better part. I mean, you can't be asking questions to a keynote speaker when you've got 400 people in a conference room, but you can when, when they have the chat turned on and in a virtual event. So just be there and be all in. I love that. You know, I like how you said, give yourself permission to be there and, you know, and to engage because it's a very important part, you know, of, of your job role or, you know, your career as well. So it's definitely so important to take time to, you know, make the most of it, engage as, as, as best as you can. Um, well, I, again, I want to thank you, Jim. You know, like Bill said, we, we barely scratched the surface. You know, I'm sure we're going to get a lot more questions in and we could talk for hours. I know, you know, again, as someone I've, I've you know, I've attended a good amount of, of events and trade shows. Um, you know, I know there's a lot that goes into it and people probably have more questions. So um, I know you have your podcast where you go way more in depth about the subject. So how can people listening learn more about you and your podcast, Trade Show University? Yeah, so so you can you could go to uh, any of the major podcast outlets. So on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Look for Trade Show University, Trade Show University, or you can go over to my website at tradeshowu.biz. That's tradeshow, the letter U, dot B-I-Z. And when you're there at the website, sign up for the email newsletter, and I will send to you my free ultimate workbook for goal setting for trade shows and events. And there's even a whole section in there about virtual events. So go there. It's, it's, uh, it's a great resource and I'll give it to you if, at no charge whatsoever. Just get over to tradeshowu.biz. Thank you so much, Jimmy. Yeah, that's going to be awesome resource for people. Definitely go check that out, especially if you're somebody that's going to be planning some type of event, or maybe if, you know, next year you guys are planning on bringing trade shows back. I imagine now's a great time to start planning for 2021 and, um, you know, what you're going to do, whether you're going to be virtual in person or both. And it sounds like your workbook can really shed some light on that for them. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, reach out and, and if you want to send me an email, you have any questions or I'd love to know my, my best question. I'd love to answer. What are you struggling with right now? What are you struggling with, with events, with trade shows, with conferences, anything that, whether it's virtual or live, shoot me an email, Jim at tradeshowu.biz. That's Jim at tradeshowletteru.biz. Well, thank you so much, Jim. Everyone go check out Jim's podcast. Go email him. Um, get engaged. Start asking questions like we were talking about in today's podcast. And um, we just really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. And um, for everybody listening, we really appreciate you taking the time to listen and um, engage with us as you have been. Um, we've been seeing a lot more downloads and a a lot of different people um, starting to follow us. So we really hope that we are making this valuable for you. And um, if you found this episode valuable and any other episodes in the past, please, please subscribe. This way you don't miss out on any upcoming episodes. And we want to help you simplify your video marketing and answer all of your uh, video and digital marketing questions that we can. So um, please give us some feedback and let us know how we're doing. And um, Thank you so much for listening, and we will catch you all in the next episode. Thanks for listening to Watch Time. Make sure to subscribe and share the podcast and leave us feedback on today's episode. That's a wrap.